and Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 181 <laughs> of First Netflix and Terra Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am Nixie. And I am Grace, and this is a clusterfuck. <laughs> um, today we're going over SG1, season 8, episode 15, Citizen Joe, aka Lock Your Fucking Doors. <laughs> um, you'll notice we're a little buffrazzled. <laughs> Because we're not just frazzled, we're buffrazzled. We're buffrazzled. But Nixie was sharing a great story on the video. I was. And I really wanted her to share it with everybody. So y'all are welcome. Okay. But I'm going to start us over. We were discussing a little bit of the Mr. Rogers. um, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Won't You Be My Neighbor trailer. Tom Hanks is amazing. And I talked about how he taught me to tie my shoes and was the most influential uh, television personality in my tiny life. Um, And a couple more things. And then Nixie was sharing her amazing story. And then I went as is predictable as I can imagine predictability for me. Uh, While I love Mr. Rogers and clearly was an influence in my life, was not the number one TV influence of Tiny Nixie's life. That was one Mr. LeVar Burton on Reading (laughs) Rainbow. And uh, I was telling a story about a number of years ago, I actually got to meet him. My mom and I were going to New York to see shows because that's what we did. Uh-huh. Uh, and I noticed like a week earlier that there was he was doing a presentation, luxury book reading, type book thing? reading type thing at an Apple store in Manhattan. Yeah. Because his Reading Rainbow app was coming out to the App Store. That's right. I remember he did one out here, too, at Rollins. Yeah, I gave... I mean, I cared nothing about the app, but I went, LeVar Burton. He's going to be there. So we we, we got the train, and, like, the train was a little delayed, and the entire time, it was like... I was a little more easily to anxiety panic back Uh then, and I was like, if I miss... LeVar fucking Burton. Yeah. I'm going to get so mad. And we got a little lost getting to the Apple store, but we got there. Yeah. And we got there early. So we went upstairs and I'm like, front row center seats. I was so goddamn excited. If you know me, you know I cannot contain excitement well. In her body. <laughs> I was like dancing. I was so excited. And all of a sudden I looked over and there was a doorway and it opened and inside the room <gasps> was the Heavens opened up. And he like walked out and he was checking something by the by the podium and I was like, be cool, be cool, play it cool. Oh my god. Stop freaking out. He's like 15 feet away from me. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Okay, Sylvar Burton. And all of a sudden he looked up and he looked over at mom and I and he started walking over and I went in my body. And he then (laughs) went and he went, and I kid you not, with a straight face, he looked at my mom and I and he went. I am so sorry. We were trying to keep the first row for kids oh, and their no. parents. And my face must have fucking dropped. And my mom's like, I mean, she's a kid at heart. Does that count? He goes, yeah, that's fine. You can stay there. <laughs> and <I> went, ah! <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and then they recorded this. The the They recorded this for an Apple video podcast. It may still exist out there. I've never oh, gone to wow. look it up. However... He started to sing, the entire crowd started to sing the theme song to Reading Rainbow. Oh. Halfway through, he stopped 
And then the audience stopped, but I didn't. Of course. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, we're going to do the whole thing. So we continued up to the end. Wow. Because I was like, butterfly in the sky. <laughs> I can go to a <laughs> I was, it was ridiculous. I gave no cares. It's an amazing app, but inside I didn't care. I was just like, it's Jordy. <laughs> and then afterwards, I stuck around because, of course, I want to meet this man. Uh-huh. Mind you, I know I'm tall. Uh huh. I know I'm tall. I'm like six foot. Yeah. Pocket Jordy. Like, <laughs> he's a tiny man. He's not that tall. I love I love when that happens. Uh, I've only ha- well I, I've, I've 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 had the opportunity to meet a few famous people celebrities yeah. I guess. There was only one that caught me by surprise because there was only one that I didn't know I was gonna run into. Like yeah. I've only ever had that happen once, uh-huh. and I was at the science museum in San Francisco with a couple of friends for like a nighttime event that they did, and she and one of my friends goes, "Hey, is that Chris Hardwick?" <laughs> And I was like, I don't know. No. And I thought she was fucking with me. Because <laughs> at the time, I was like very, like very much like Very obsessed. Chris Hardwick fan. And We've mentioned like, before, it's how we became friends. Yeah. And I was like, no way. She goes, it's, it's Chris Hardwick. And I was like, you're fucking with me. <laughs> and so I walked over. She goes, yeah, no, in this one, in this section, because it's a museum. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, it's Chris Hardwick. But my instinct is to run away. <laughs> and she's like, you're not running. And I'm there with her and her husband. And I was like, I don't want to go over there. That's weird. That's, I don't know what to do. She goes, we're not running. You're going to go. You're going to say hello. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing that. She goes, well, I'm going to. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. She goes, I don't know what he does. What does he do? And I was like, please don't embarrass me. Please don't embarrass me. And so she did. She's like, I'm walking over. <laughs> Hello, person. You're just a person. So I went, hi, I'm Grace. I think you do awesome work. And he's like, do you want a picture? And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. Uh, I-, I think if I'd ever had a chance to meet Mr. Rogers, I would have cried. Oh, yeah. I. So here's the thing. I I am tall. I've had this discussion with you, like, in real yeah. life. I don't realize I'm tall. Yeah. I naturally assume that everyone is around sure. my height. Yeah. So when I run into someone who's very much not, <laughs> I, I kind of, like, am a little... What? Yeah. I'm tall? Okay. Um, so my hair at the time, just to give you a picture, flaming, not, like, natural red hair. Flaming like red. flaming aerial hair, okay, <laughs> and uh, and and it, the, one of the greatest moments of my life, um, besides uh, getting a hug from David Tennant and giving a hug and a flower to Lin Manuel Miranda, is I got to shake or maybe getting married or anything like that. I, well, I meant like meeting people. <laughs> I did sure. specific, I didn't put those sure, words sure, in there. Sure. Clearly, wedding is you know number just one, sort of important. Yeah, uh, in terms of meeting celebrity. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Thing. Um, and I got to tell, uh, and if he's heard this, I'm sure he's heard this before, but he played it off as a pro as if he's never heard it before. But I told him that I wanted to thank him. And I legitimately thought for years that Jordi LaForge taught me how to read. <laughs> for years, I thought it was Jordi LaForge That's on funny. Reading Rainbow. Oh, my God. Because I was watching Next Gen, you know, from birth yeah. So I thought I remember taking my headband and doing the Jordan Forge thing. Yeah. Where you just flip it over your eyes. Yeah. 
Um, I was strange. I, you're not strange. You were everyone. Sure. Okay. I thought you're the first time we had to read, and you played it off as if he's never heard that before. So that's because <laughs> he's an acting pro. Well, he's a gracious man. I'm and sure. So I have a fantastic photo of me and my mom with Levar Burton. That's awesome. The moral of this story is. The miss the the won't you be my neighbor? Uh huh. I just keep wanting to call it the Mister Rogers neighborhood. It's the Mister Rogers neighborhood. It's um, Tom Hanks is the only person on the face of the earth that could play Mister Rogers. Please go watch it. It's gonna be great. It's, it's gonna be our so good. our like collective soul needs it does. a little more it, kindness. It does um, in this world. Um, and I think that's that's a good way to get it. So real quick, before we get into talking um, about that show that this podcast is about. Oh, that's right. Do we want to cover briefly what happened yesterday? The fucking chaos Muppets that took over <laughs> our day. All right, guys, let's just say this now. If you are solely here for the Stargate stuff, forward like another, another 10 minutes. Um, yeah. That's, that, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really. You knew what you signed up for when you started listening to us and realized that we start talking about Stargate about 20 minutes into the episode. <laughs> uh, shit, I guess that's true. <laughs> this is not a new occurrence. <laughs> I think I'm just sorry about life today because I decided to drink Have like I was 20 years old <laughs> last night. A friend Amanda and I actually went out with this purpose. It was initially going to be a duck outing and then yeah. it ended up just being friend Amanda and I so domestic partner boyfriend Jesse said why don't I drive you girls yeah and pick you up just for the sake of safety oh 100%. and so we're like well if you're doing that we're gonna double down and thankfully you also knew that you in uh emergency circumstances We've could got have a walked Nixie. well no you could have walked to our house that's true that's how close we were yeah um Although it's probably better that we didn't have that no, information because we would have t- walked to your house. You already technically had that information. It just wasn't cemented far enough well, into your drunk brain. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I guess what I'm saying is I'm glad drunk us didn't <laughs> think of that. Just because, pounding at our door at 1 a.m. we would have just done it. We would have just been wandering the roads of Central Florida <laughs> for no fucking good reason. Just calling out our names into the cosmos. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and then gotten picked up for being drunk and disorderly. So yesterday, before then, before the real world chaos Muppets were let loose on the world, the D&D chaos Muppets were let loose in the world. It was great times. We're had by all. Um, we uh, last, I don't know if you guys remember last time we played these particular characters, the all fires. If yes. You know. Um, my character died. <laughs> yep. And was brought back from the dead. Um, and then weird shit happened to one of our players because he gave his memories of the war. Well, well, that's not why weird shit happened. But yeah. on top of that, weird shit happened to him. So as I'm in a recovery bed that I'm not allowed to get out of or a recovery sand pit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Mind you, before she died, uh, there was just an explosion in the town, and two of the Chaos Muppets ran towards the explosion yeah. instead of helping our friend not yeah. die. Yeah, you know, as I, you do. I think at the end of the day, I would have died anyway. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but uh, <laughs> there was no beating that monk. No, we are fourth level characters. It's fine. Um, so we 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 you follow the the yeah Sam and Muck. Uh, Wynn found a tinkerer gnome who also likes to explode things, uh-huh. along with Sam. Uh, Sam now has gunpowder. Yeah, super safe. Yep, Good times. Black, Sam has a bag of black powder, yeah. which is super awesome. And and as we're heading back, all of a sudden, Wizard Leoric, in a trance, leaves 
Yeah, to to where he didn't even like uh, Mr. Phil's plays Leoric, um, and domestic partner boyfriend Jesse is our GM, and he goes, "You're an NPC now." He goes, "You're my NPC right now," and he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> so instead of because there was some actual game mechanics happening uh-huh. uh, it, that that the actual character had to go through for game mechanic reasons that was meant to be, hey, your wizard's going to go over here and he's going to meditate for a night yeah. and he'll see you in the morning and then we're going to move but on. But to add a little flavor and a little drama. Yeah, uh, Muck decided to follow his friend because uh-huh. he was concerned about his safety. Sure, I mean, all this weird shit just happened. They just found yeah. out that their friend Danae died. Yep. And now the the wizard is oddly walking yeah. off by himself. So he went to go follow him uh-huh. and couldn't get his attention. Uh, and let's just summarize. The three Chaos Muppets were the ones left alone trying to see if the wizard was okay. And uh, buildings were climbed. Uh, doors were attempted to be broken through. Someone was sent into a par- another dimension and banished for a hot second. Uh, and then, and then a wall in this poor woman's inn was destroyed. They just broke down then, the door. And then the police were called. Because he was busy studying. No, no, no. The wall, the door was not broken down. It was a literal hole. Oh, that's right. In the wall. They went of to the another inn. man's room yes. and was like, "Excuse me, we broke into another man's room. We're the FBI. We're taking over." <laughs> Your living room. And by your living room, we mean your hotel room, you poor sad man. Scared the shit out of him. Uh, I did clean all this stuff. You guys didn't even get his name. Nope. Nope. Didn't even ask his name. Just barreled into his room. I was trying to say, This is going to be the big bad of our entire campaign. (laughs) You guys didn't even say, I'm sorry. And then what could have been probably at least a, let's explain this to the authorities. We're trying to save our friends. Somehow, again, Chaos Muppet made the situation worse somehow by telling... The truth-ish. Oh, sort of. Kind, mostly. <laughs> through a door. <laughs> Yelling the truth through a door, saying, we're not letting you in this door. <laughs> but, and then, and then they try to cover the... And then they try to... They, they try to cover the, the hole with, with a sheet. sheet. With some daggers held up, and then two of them went to the stockades. <laughs> Sam... They got their asses thrown in jail. Sam avoided jail to try to watch over our friend. I was finally able to get into the room and go, oh! we should just let him be because his familiar is basically going, let him chill. Yeah. Um, All signs point to back off. Yeah. But no. <laughs> no. Because I couldn't tell what type of magic it was, but I knew it was higher magic than Leoric had. Yeah. Um, and then, not a, to make matters worse, we then get the adult. The, the, yeah. the, the adults, because Leoric woke up, and then we get the adults to try to go like talk to the people who are in jail. To make sure they're okay. And then we get caught throwing rations into the yeah. jail. <laughs> because they're so hungry. Nothing bad about it, but they had food and water. We wanted to make sure they had some decent food. And, yeah. and I didn't roll a very high stealth hand no, check as I made handing food into the jail. <laughs> I, I don't understand. <laughs> I think Danae has no idea. Poor Danae's like, I just found a fucking church that I might like here. <laughs> Can y'all act like you've been here before? And then and then the story ended by us having to pay a fine. Uh-huh. And let's just say that there may be a, uh, a a neutral evil vendor that might be rolling into town it's soon. It's just fucking a clusterfuck, y'all. <laughs> um, 
And meanwhile, Danae's just like, I'm just trying to learn some shit from yeah. these fighters yep. um, in this pit here. Yep. Um, and we destroyed, like, they wouldn't even let us fix the, the inn. We were going to, like, like, just fix get it. the fuck out of our and town. And they basically went, get GTFO. I do not want to see your face anymore. Yeah. Um, out of game, uh, fun part was when the magistrate was laying down <laughs> the sentence uh-huh. and the fine. Um, <laughs> only two people understood. I did. That time served means I you've did. already served the time. I knew. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> I just thought how adorable it was. It was pretty adorable. How sheltered some of us are. It was adorable. And the rest of us were like, no, no, that means you're done. You've already that means you're your fine. Time. You've already done your time in the drunk tank. It was, uh, we didn't even get on any adventures. There was no battling. There, there was, was like maybe four die roll. We didn't make a map. A I had a, I had a decent amount for my tinkering. Oh, right. For my I had a couple stuff. just because of what I was doing. Because I made a lighter. That's I right. made a medieval lighter. Right I don't need a goddamn spell to make fire. I'm a fucking She made artificer. a steampunk lighter. I made a steampunk lighter. Yeah, and it's, I'm and I making a scope. I learned to put I learned a little bit of fighting from some monks, so that was kind of that badass. was cool. Yeah, my version of fighting is making shit. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like it. Yep, I have black powder. <laughs> I'm gonna make smoke bombs. Literal like poof. Yeah, smoke bomb. Pocket like sand. those smoke bombs. Pocket sand. Pocket sand, basically. Uh, all right. Okay, we've hit our almost twenty minute mark. Alrighty, let's do this. Should we get into this? Uh, I don't have a decent AKA besides something, something, something. Simpsons reference. <laughs> um, actually, my my like AKA that. might be Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore. That might be my <laughs> four reasons I'll get to momentarily. Awesome. Okay, I, I like my lock your doors, Jack. Yeah. I'm gonna keep it. Just lock your doors. Lock, lock your fucking doors, dude. Um, I think January 8th, 2005. I could be super wrong. I didn't look up actually when this aired in the US. I failed. No. Oh. I think that's the right date. I will look it up. Keep going. Okay. Um, Written by John C. John C. Jesus Christ. Written by Robert by C. Cooper. John C. Riley. <laughs> wrote this episode. Directed by Andy Makita. Uh, the main guest star. Do we really have to introduce him? <laughs> yes. Really? No, I no no no. I mean, in terms of don't you, everyone already fucking knows oh, who this is, right? Yes. Don Castellaneta. Castellaneta. Ca- uh, that's how Nixie says it. That's how it's supposed to be said. Is the way Grace said it. <laughs> Uh, Homer Simpson himself, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, among basically half the other characters of the show. <laughs> he actually wrote Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore, which is the one that RDA guest stars because the twins are obsessed with RDA, as aren't we all? Um, IMDb yes. states the air date for Citizen Joe as February 18th. That's probably right. 2005. That's probably correct. Oh, we had made references around Valentine's No, that was the last one that says it was around Valentine's Day. So it feels around close. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, he, But Dan is one of those voice actors who's basically been in every animated show you've ever seen in your entire life. Probably true. He has like four Emmys for a Simpsons work. Well, I feel um, like if you work on the Simpsons, you're just handed an Emmy. Basically, at some point. As you walk in the door. At some like, point here's in your, your career. It's in your swag bag of, like, <laughs> welcome to the Simpsons. Here's your Emmy. They just You've have got, so like, many. They're, they're like, regurgitating like, yeah. them, mm-hmm. too. 
Um, but that was actually, he started that. He actually just won those at the company holiday party. Probably. He didn't even win them at the Emmys. Uh, if I remember correctly, like, he, the, the Simpsons was, one, like, early on his career. And now it's just his everything. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Well, you're doing a show for, what, 30 years now? Jesus Christ. Yeah. It, I can't imagine working anywhere that long, it, like, in, in, in Hollywood. To be fair... I can't imagine being alive 30 years right now because I don't remember remember those first couple years. <laughs> so it's like my memory is only yeah. 30 years. Well, if you think about it, you know, even if you work a regular job, your entire career, uh, let's say you work from the age of 20 to 65, is yeah. 45 years. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I, you work at just one job. Like my memories extend 30 years, basically. Yeah. The coherent ones, at least. Doesn't make sense. So we start with Jack again. Coming home with groceries again on the phone with Sam. Discussing if I make weird sounds, plans. it's because my foot fell asleep. Okay. Sorry, y'all. Uh, and he's, he's, his plans, at least partly, are to make his world-famous omelet, <laughs> which Sam is fairly sure that the, just the ingredients, eggs, uh-huh. don't, like, make a recipe make. Uh-huh. Um, although they may or may not have a secret ingredient that may or may not be beer- yeah. Well, no, you need to put milk in with your eggs. I mean, why not beer? So beer's probably the same They're probably thing spongy and light with all the carbonation. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> which makes sense because he drinks crap beer. He does. And he picked up something well, mildly nicer. For it's the most- semi-crap beer is sure, what we've established. Sure. I mean, but he picked up something that's semi-better. Yes. Because I think he's got like a fat tire there. It looked like, yeah, I didn't catch, but I mean, Fentire is, uh, is a respectable beer. That is one that I will drink. If I I'm, agree. That's like my ballpark level beer. Yeah. It was one of the my favorites when we were like, we're now 24. We don't yes. drink shit anymore. It's like if, <laughs> it's it's like if it's going to be a 4th of July party and I'm like stocking beer in the fridge, yeah. like that's Fentire level that's is where I go to. Yeah. Um, no, Fat Tire was our fancy shit. So, just then, a guy comes through his kitchen with a gun, <laughs> and Jack, cool as a fucking cucumber, is like, yeah, Sam, I'm going to, uh... Gotta go. I'm gonna call you back. <laughs> this guy's name doesn't matter. All Jack needs to know is that this guy ruined... Jack ruins this guy's life. Yeah. <sighs> Nervous intruder. <clears throat> but really, all the lights, the la- the natural light in Jack's house is amazing. Yeah. I would love to take that one wall out that separates his living room and kitchen, upgrade his kitchen. Yeah, can we talk about the shitty kitchen he's got? To be fair, that doesn't surprise me. Here's the thing that I can imagine in Jack's house. Everything functions perfectly. He right. just gives no shits about upgrading it to something nicer. That's fair. That That's about right. Everything's just really clean. Exactly. That's, that's what I kind of see. It's like everything works like a... Swiss tank. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't care about fancy upgrades. Yeah. That's fair. However, if I get, am I able to get in there? Although maybe his down. game room. <laughs> like his TV room yeah. is fancy as fuck. Yeah. Because that's in the back. That's yeah. not that main living room. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Has in the, he has his, a his, man cave. His lazy boy that he watches TV yeah. in is like massage chair level. <laughs> but if I get in there, take that wall down, upgrade the kitchen, I'm sure upgrade the baths. Yeah. Uh, man, I will take that house. Yeah. In an instant. I mean, I would take that house even without the upgrade. I am Fuck down yes. for any place like that where you are just isolated enough that you don't have to put window treatments on. I do like that. Because there's never going to be someone back there in the kitchen or something? Sure, yeah. Okay. I like The it. other question is, 
If he had to pick up eggs for his omelets, there's two cartons of eggs behind him on the counter. Now, here's a question. Oh, is this a riddle? Did he forget if the he fire had eggs? is out? <laughs> Sorry. Did he forget he had eggs? And these are like local eggs that like don't have to be fridge because you know true mm. eggs don't necessarily have to be yeah. real eggs as opposed to fake ones. Yeah, uh, pretend eggs. Um, or are those the empty cartons that reminded him to get eggs? He went to make an omelet, pulled yeah. out the cartons, and they were both empty. Okay. He's not mindful enough to throw them away. Gotcha. They sat on the counter and he yeah. came back with new eggs. Okay. That's why there's two, because he probably left them both in the fridge for a while. That, I can, I can work with that. Mm -hmm. I can work with that. That's my thought. That That's works. my theory. So. That's my slovenly bachelor theory. Credits. <laughs> uh, we come back seven years ago. Joe and his wife Charlene are at a garage sale, and we get a very important life lesson. Seven p.m. Seven a.m. is too late to arrive at a garage sale for all the good sales. Oh Jesus! So I learned something very recently from my sister, who's a garage sale aficionado. Yes. If there is not a specific item that you are looking for, it's actually really good to go at the end of the sale because they just want to get they shit away. They just want to get rid of shit. Yep. Now, if there's a particular item you saw and you're like, I know they have this thing and I want this thing. Yeah. That's one story. But if you're just going to browse. Yeah. Go at the very last minute and be like, they'll give you an entire box of shit for $5. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. That's all. But hidden among all the items for sale, Joe finds a small stone with some markings on it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he holds it, he gets a flash of the Stargate Kawooshing and SG-1 heading out for the rebellious mission of within the Serpent's Crafts to go find and save Skara. And Joe immediately is like, I want this stone. I need it. I don't know what it is, but I need it. You know, he really did this to himself. He did. A smarter man would have been like... This is above my pay grade. I'm leaving it be. <laughs> so it turns out Joe is a barber and mm -hmm. he has a store called Style and Joe. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, they're in Indiana uh, with the insane amounts of Indiana University shit that's everywhere. Uh, yeah, seriously. They've got to be fucking close to Bloomington. <laughs> it's a really cute little town. Yeah. This is a kind of little shop space where if I run into one, I'm like, where's the record store? I uh -huh. know there's a record store. Uh-huh. Um, also, the intro to this episode is very much out of an 80s movie, and it makes me love it. It's this. The whole, yeah. I found a weird old relic accidentally. I'm just Joe Schmo. <laughs> exactly. Literally, my name is Joe. Okay. Uh, so in, in he's he's cutting uh, he's cutting Fred's hair mm -hmm. and he's telling a really he's like fumbling his way through an already bad joke yeah. about an ape or a gorilla or a oh monkey God, ordering it's so, it's bad. so bad. It's like a drunk person telling a joke. Yeah. I know because I was one yesterday. <laughs> Uh, and he's cutting Fred's hair, who's the uh, car salesman. Uh -huh. And Bert is another barber who works there. Gordy is like the sweeper boy. Sure. And apparently Joe keeps the stone in his pocket because uh, that's where Fred puts his m the money that for the haircut. And uh -huh. as soon as he touches the stone again, he gets another vision from Serpent's Grasp. I want to take it's, a minute and discuss this town. Yes. Does it know that it's in the 2000s? No. Well, okay, here's the thing. I don't know if you've... Here's the thing you truly may not realize. Okay. Um, the whole, like, middle part of the country... Uh-huh. Like, there is a time warp you go into as you enter the center of the country. So they don't necessarily realize... 
that they're in the 2000s sometimes. Like, they know it. But No, I will say, even here, which is a pretty bustling yeah. area, I felt like I'd gone back three, yeah. four, or five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, increases as you hit that <gasps> center farmland part of the country. How interesting. Because even where I lived in Minnesota uh-huh. uh, was like that. And I lived in southern Indiana. Oh, boy. Um, y- Yeah. This is amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, I I lived, I lived in southern Indiana. That was southern Indiana in like 2002. My, my brain broke. My yeah. brain just broke. So if we went there now, would it be like 2010? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Like it is, it is like 2019 there. Uh-huh. But like... This stuff doesn't. It takes a little time to trickle and and what's the, the capillary movement of okay. things? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, my brain's broken. Uh-huh. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I it's, love it. It's a little. It's a little slower to get there. Okay, cool. Yeah, that explains the home improvement Jill outfits that the wife wears. Um, I'm also going to admit that I may have owned that outfit. <laughs> what even is it? Okay, um, okay, I technically own two sweater vests right now. Oh, um, one is slightly fashionable. One is the equivalent of hers. Oh boy. Um, my clo- my jackets fit like function. Virgin. Yeah, over f- form. Is uh-huh. a- yeah, function yeah. Over no, fashion. that outfit. I've seen that outfit many times. Or the big, big flannel thing that she wears at the end. Yeah, no, I, I think I owned that. Oh, that's so exciting. I mean, I lived in Minnesota when I owned it. I've only ever and worn in Michigan. flannel, ironically. Yeah, no, I... Or, mm, or as a grunge teen. I believe I still have my favorite flannel over jacket that, uh, that bartender Nick could wear. Wow. Yeah. Flannel over... My overalls and my baby tee. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I went through an entire... My high school, I went through a, a very long phase where I would wear t-shirts, jeans, and a giant flannel unbuttoned overcoat style over it. I mean, that was the 90s style, though, right? Yeah, it wasn't the 90s. <laughs> that makes me so happy. All right, This was on. literally like 2001. <laughs> That's why I said there was like a a 10 year time gauge. Awesome. I'm super excited by all of this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, it's, but he flashes to Clorox himself waking Mm -hmm. up out of the sarcophagus. Yes, the name is back with everyone bowing before him and the team watching in horror. (laughs) And, uh, Joe like looks around going, Did you fuckers see what I saw? And they didn't. No, uh, you know, his wife was busy reading The Heart of a Woman. Oh, we're gonna get to that. We're about to touch on that. I like that. Um, at home for dinner, uh, Charlene goes on about the book they're reading for book club which is the heart of a woman uh-huh. and how powerful it is. Here's the thing. The picture of the book that we see later, I don't know what the fuck book that is. Interesting. There is a book called The Heart of a Woman there by is. Maya fucking Angelou. That is not the cover of any book. By- <laughs> no, the book that she's reading sounds like smut. Yeah, but it's in a book club and it's a moving and touching story. Or like a lifetime movie. Yeah, that's there is like a graying white woman on the cover, which I'm pretty sure is on no cover of any book by Maya Angelou. That's probably not right. Um, 
So this this is the one that came out. My Angelou's came out in eighty one, uh, and it's it's about it's it's in her autobiographical oh boy series. It's like the, her in the late fifties, early sixties. Um, it's not one of the ones I've hers I've read. Um, I do I did somehow meet her wow. in high school. She did like a, a a lecture type thing, and I do happen to have a signed copy of I Know Where the Cage Bird Sings. Jesus, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I have no fucking clue what she's reading later on. I tried to yeah, like... The Heart of the Woman is an autobiography by American writer Maya Angelou. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. The cover later on is not that. <laughs> Interesting. Um, So that's a fun <laughs> Um, It's about a woman... <laughs> And she works um, at a hospital, mm-hmm. but she's not happy. And she, her, uh, her, her, her lover, lo- yeah. her lover, uh, her her lover died tragically, and the heart was trans transplanted into a woman, <laughs> into, into a woman. And she was there for this, and now is fighting her urges. For falling in love with this woman. Because it's the heart of this woman. That she is in love with. Which is her lover. Which is her her husband's heart. Her husband. Clarence. Wife. Her, husband, her husband's name was Clarence and this woman's name is Claire. That is right. Yeah. That is right. Uh-huh. I remember that tidbit. And also she's never really wanted... To keep this job, this was supposed to be temporary. Uh huh. What she really wants to do is paint. She does on an ocean side, uh huh, with her tea, staring out to the ocean, and she used to dream about her husband coming up behind her with a new cup of tea. Because they live in the middle of the country, and so she hasn't gotten to see the ocean in real but life now, before. She imagines Claire, and she is torn. <laughs> And how because it also ends up, Claire's married, and exactly, and how it ends She's up. She's an unhappy marriage. You just have to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're done now. Okay, we're done. <laughs> that was the best. Uh, um, I feel like a golf clap is necessary. Uh, Kaylee is barking as well. She's slightly upset with the story that we just told. She's disturbed by the story. Um, Joe interrupts her from (laughs) describing the heart of a woman. uh, Because she didn't do nearly as good of a job as we did. And to tell the story about some adventures on SG-1. And we flash to Serpent's Grasp again as the ship comes and reaches Earth. (laughs) To, like, baby Daniel. Yeah. You don't realize was such a baby (laughs) until you see him. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, explain to Charlene and Andy, who is their kid, uh, about the Gould and how Scar and Clorox are like the same person but different. And mm-hmm. Flash to Jack him to shoot Scar since he's torturing Daniel, and he ends the storyline there because he doesn't know. I mean, hasn't figured out what happens after yeah. that. <laughs> and Charlene isn't like a huge science fiction fan, but and wonders how Joe came, you know, be so detailed. And I really wanted Joe to say that it popped into his frond. But we haven't. Oh, reached that would have been fucking well, awesome. But we don't know Franz yet. He hasn't been the fifth he race yet. Frond. Yeah, he doesn't know Franz. Um, I mean, Shawarin thought it was very exciting, but she likes stories that are more about interpersonal relations. 
about trading hearts <laughs> and to do with things blowing up. Cups of tea and paintings. And, and ocean paintings. I feel like I can hear Kenny G in the back of this novel. <laughs> and instead of the traditional, like, guy with a shirt off, uh-huh. it's just, like, two women, like, embracing over a cup of tea, like, ghost In, like, style. white, gauzy... Uh-huh. Standing Long on a cliff of of a of, a, of an ocean uh-huh. with a paintbrush in one hand, yeah, staring in each other's eyes with a cup of tea, yeah, yeah. slightly creepy <laughs> but supposed to be sensuous, yeah, yes. One has I blonde like... hair, one has black hair, of course, because you know, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> next day in the shop, Joe is describing a giant fireball in the night sky. And what follows is basically <laughs> me trying to describe Stargate to people who don't really give a shit about Stargate yeah. or follow science fiction. It's definitely that moment where you're like, I shouldn't be telling this story <laughs> to anybody. It's part, they're part of the Air Force, but they travel over planets. And so it's like that travel, meme with the girl and like the mom covered up and she's looking at her side-eyed. It's basically that meme. <laughs> it's me. I, I, in, in D&D yesterday, Sam broke into a couple times where she just like stream of consciousness rambles for about 30 seconds so she runs out of breath and then somehow keeps going and yeah. just everyone kind of stares at her going I love what it. the fuck <laughs> just happens I love um I feel like uh, poor husband Nick kept trying to stop you so that you wouldn't pass out where the rest of us are like no let her do this let's see how far she goes until just let she her go she's out. talking to the magistrate right now <laughs> yeah. so we'll see how this turns out we're in real life he's like she's gonna pass out and we're like no it's That's fine, fine. Do it for the story. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not a time travel device, but sometimes it is, and it, it matters if the symbiotes are in your head or in your belly, <laughs> and they're not snake people, and it's not confusing, it's complex. Sure. That's what I'm going to say from now on. All about while waving everything. a straight razor over Fred's face. There's no place like Tara. It's not confusing, it's complex. <laughs> That's our new tagline? Yep. <laughs> it's officially on your tagline. We're not confusing. We're complex. That might be my AKA for the episode. I like it. <laughs> Joe tries uh, calling the Air Force, asking to speak with Jack O'Neill, two L's. Yeah. Um, and he knows he might be off on some important mission, but like, hey, random operator who's most likely never met this dude. Sure. Can you like describe his physical features to me? Yeah. That's not creepy. Um, but you mean there is Jack O'Neill? At that point, they're just keeping him on the line to tap him, right? Like- yeah. <laughs> and instead of leaving a message for him, he just hangs up because he kind of fears that Jack might be real at this point. Yeah. And then what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so bedtime stories later, uh, he tells Andy family <laughs> with uh-huh. Apophis kidnapping and brainwashing Ryak. Great bedtime stories oh, for sure, young kids yeah. about that age. Um, How things are just going to take over your your mind. Uh-huh. Super cool. And later the evening, Joe is watching. I'm assuming a Pacers game because it's <laughs> fucking Indiana. Oh uh, right. Um, Wait, or college ball, right? Well, those Hoosiers? are not. Those are not. Hoosier colors. They're not blue. I didn't oh, see red. I could have right. missed it. Pacers have blue. Oh, okay, got it. That's right. It's, I know. It's very... only in the barber shop that he's got the IU in there. and his kid has it all yeah, over too. Yeah, I know very it. little about basketball, but I lived in Indiana for two years, and people asking me about every other week if I wanted to play basketball for this school. And I was like, "Fuck you." That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I would just because I'm too. tall. It doesn't mean I want to play basketball. I don't want to be athlete. Thanks, bite. Uh, so 
Charlene is is reading Heart of the Woman <laughs> um, and wonders where all these ideas are coming from. Mm-hmm. Normally, fully formed ideas don't just appear in someone's head. Sometimes they do. I mean, uh, I would say that's debatable. And she thinks the wording that she uses here is like, Mwah. it's just perfection. Uh-huh. Thinks that he's getting in touch with his dormant creativity and accessing his inner wellspring of imagination, opening himself up to his inner muse. Do you think that was a sentence they came up with together in book club? (laughs) Probably, yes. They're like, how do we best say this to your husband? In the most, like, the most pretentious... Yeah, condescending. Like, these are, these are, it is like how many fancy important sounding words can uh-huh. they cram in here yeah, if yeah they were writing a paper uh-huh like they were writing a fucking paper yes <laughs> i love it so a year later joe is still telling stories at the barbershop mm-hmm. telling fifth race um but now uh bert and gordy are like into it <laughs> and we of get, course and we get a footage of jack first meeting the asgard and we can marvel at how far graphics have come in this series <laughs> that's true and Bert adorably asks about the furlings and oh, yeah. are we ever going to hear about them and Joe's, Joe's like yeah Super, all the time. Well, I'm sure we'll hear a ton about them I mean times. I will definitely make up stories about the furlings mm-hmm. and Gordy says they sound like Ewoks <laughs> I like that do you think we'll ever see the furlings at this point mm. I think if we want to see the furlings we're going to have to write a story Okay. <laughs> which just gave me an idea <laughs> There's gonna be there's gonna be furlings in our DD camp uh-huh. our Stargate DD campaign. There, right there. will be furlings um, around. So back at the house, they're having breakfast after school. Andy has to do the lawn. This kid looks six. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I was gonna say that it takes me an adult grown woman. Now, mind you, we do live in the swamps of Florida. <laughs> two days to mow my lawn, and I do have the biggest lawn in the fucking world. Yeah, because somehow our lawn is three times the size of our house. This makes sense. But I mean, we do. We you have two bought, giant beasts. We bought of a animals. house so we could. have have beasts you have a house for your dogs purely yeah purely it really are the reason we got a house <laughs> i know this um it takes me two days yeah. tomorrow long there's no way this tiny child so uh, when i was growing up we had a riding lawnmower oh. we didn't have a huge yard we had uh, a riding lawnmower i mean it was decent sized yard sure like it, it was probably the equivalent of yours built for shaped that means i can have a riding lawnmower you could but the important part is, is I did not want to mow the lawn. Right. So therefore, I left fucking mohawks like you cannot believe. <laughs> and guess who then had to mow the lawn from now on? Brother not me. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I just had to do other shit. I just didn't want to mow How the lawn. How do you not want to ride a riding lawnmower? I have no idea. That also- would have been my favorite thing. I would have been like, can I mow the lawn Every day. My grandfather used to put us, like, sit us on the front uh-huh. of the riding lawnmower and, like, ride around his oh, thing, like, so up and down hills. Yes. Yeah, and, like, hold on to us so we didn't, like, fly forward. I mean, I remember we used to get to sometimes go rent four-wheelers. Yeah. When my dad was working he in Arizona. He had a trailer to put on the back of the riding lawnmower, oh, so just, like, ride us around the neighborhood in the trailer, that's too. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, life goals, riding lawnmower. To where I learned how to whistle. Uh-huh. In the back of, in the trailer part of the riding lawnmower. I still don't around my whistle. grandfather's I will house. not force people to listen to me try to whistle. That's okay. I can't roll my R's. You've oh. seen this happen. I can roll my R's. Yeah, well, <laughs> I would hope you can. Uh, yes. Uh, it's not built into my DNA <laughs> yeah, to fair. roll R's. Yeah. 
You've tried. Yes. Yeah, you're like, I can teach anyone to roll R's. And you're no, like, I fucking kidding. give up on just you. Just kidding, I can't. Yeah. You heathen. <laughs> yes. So I can, I can roll R's, but sometimes I pick up a lisp uh, and I can't whistle. I can whistle, but I can't roll R's. Nice. I can roll my tongue, too. I think I can do that. Mm, okay. So, <laughs> uh, and if he gets uh, the lawn mode, then Dad will tell him about the Ritu. And Andy heads off to school so excited because he's going to tell him about the foothold situation. Yay. Um, Charlene actually is like, maybe we should lighten up on the storytelling. Like, not everyone wants to hear about SG-1 and Jack. Like, all day, every day. No, they do. And at the shop, they're just being polite. Mm-hmm. And apparently everywhere else in town, he also tells these stories. And they're like, <laughs> tone it down like four notches. <laughs> Don't stop telling them. Just like write them down instead of verbally assaulting us with stories so that if we don't want to, we don't have to. That's true. <laughs> so later, Joe is literally lying in bed, holding the stone, flashing to the end of 1969. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he gets up to write the story down on his laptop. Uh, narrating as he goes. Charlene comes down and is like, what the actual fuck, dude? This is like the third <laughs> night in a row. You know what, though? If she's going to live with the writer, she's going to have to get used to that shit. Yeah, it's That's just the reality. It's going to happen. Either he's getting up at four in the morning randomly to write, <laughs> or he's staying up until two in the morning to write. Yeah. Or he's just writing. All the time he's all writing. Time. All the time. All the time writing. Um, yeah, that happens. Yeah. That's and- a reality. Uh, so sometime later, Joe narrates the end of 100 Days. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly both Bert and his wife, Cindy, are moved to tears. Aww. Wondering if Lara is pregnant. I forgot about that part. Uh, you just have to wait to the sequel, which clearly will come. Uh-huh, with sister. the baby. Confidence. Uh Calvin, the mail delivery guy, comes in. <laughs> Apparently Joe has sent out a ton of letters to some magazines, uh-huh. and they all have come back as rejections. Yeah, again, speaking of, if you're going to be a writer, you got to get used to that shit. Yeah, and... And, I mean, Gordy doesn't think he should have sent Seth. It wasn't one of Joe's best. <laughs> and Bert is just amazed that the magazine turned down Hathor because that was gold. I mean, are we going to have a Hathor rant or should we just let no, it go? No, we're going to let it go. We've we've ranted on Hathor enough. Fair. So, three years ago, uh-huh. Andy is older. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 How much older is Andy? <laughs> I have no idea. Did they put the kid on steroids? I think so. Because the kid is aged like 15 years. Uh-huh. I'm kid, sure that kid is kid 21 now. The kid looks like he's 14. Yeah. Yeah. The kid earlier kid was not 11. No. The first kid was maybe seven. Maybe. Yeah. This kid can drive. <laughs> yeah. This kid is old enough to have an affair with a lonely housewife. It's, yeah, it's, there's a time jump there. That's... There's something weird going on. Something sketchy. The casting may have Meanwhile, been Meanwhile, mom point. is still stuck in whatever uh-huh. decade she's stuck in. Oh, I can name you the exact stores that she probably shopped at, too. <laughs> I love that. Um... And uh, brings Wormhole Extreme to his dad's attention. He's amazed and stunned. And Andy just says, you know, there's no such thing as original idea anymore. We're all just regurgitating the same old ideas over and over again, running them through into a giant melting pot of mediocrity. I love the tongue-in-cheekness of these writers. Yes. Let's just talk about how genius, how smart they are, how to take a clip show and make it fun to watch. Here is the part that we were fully, and we've already had it in a lot of episodes, even like Wormhole Extreme. You are getting into, I will 
admit some of my favorite things about Stargate once you get into the later seasons because they're able to put this shit into the episodes. Yeah. They're able to put all of these really deep cut long calls yeah. in there that are purely for the fans, yeah. for the fan service that you <laughs> earn. It's like someone was criticizing uh, Endgame for being all fan service. And I was like, I am don't care. I'm, I'm completely here for the fan service. Yeah. You could, there could be a show called fan service and I would be here for it because they fucking have earned it. Yeah. I think the, I think the frustration comes from wanting some things that aren't just fan service. Yeah. But I get that. Some, and, and like, uh, Endgame okay. had a ton that was not fan service. This right. show has like earned these sure. no, lines no, in here. Yeah. Well, it's just like every now and then I would love to find something that isn't fan service. Yes. But sometimes it's okay. Yeah. Everything in moderation. That's what I'm saying. These, Balance. These things have earned it. Stargate uh-huh. at this point could make these things, especially the one that they make later on <laughs> about some of their episodes that may, yeah. <laughs> may have hit missed the mark. <laughs> the fact that they can put that in there, I absolutely adore. Yeah. <laughs> so, Joe um, isn't isn't mad for long because apparently at the shop later on we learned that he started to bring up a lawsuit. But mm. since the show was canceled after an episode, he wasn't really worried about sure, it. Sure. Yeah. Joe has a new story, uh, which is failsafe about a giant asteroid mm. hanging towards the Earth. <laughs> and Fred saw this one; it hits Paris, which is a direct quote that Jack said. <laughs> um, but really. Fred is good without any SG-1 stories today, hmm. but Joe tells him anyway how Sam saved the day by creating a hyperspace window through the Earth. Uh, Fred's like, how often exactly can these people save All the, the time, Fred. from Apophis? And look, Fred, Apophis is dead. This was Anubis. All the time, Fred. Yeah. All the time. All of it. Every time. At the house later, Charlene uh, wants to talk to Joe. Um, but he's writing and not paying any attention. Of course. Charlene is like, you need to stop, like, mm-hmm. for good. Yeah. And Joe has closed his shop early three days this past week to come home and write. It's starting to affect their bills. Yeah, this is bad times, um, Joe. He's like, business has been slow. And Charlene's like, you don't see the dots that connect here? The reason business is slow is because nobody fucking wants to be around you. Um, but Joe just knows he just has to get a few stories published and then get an agent and they'll be set. And she reminds him and shows them a box of 326 rejection letters. It's not even they're a lot. Not That's not actually a lot at all. <laughs> but she does say they're not even reading them anymore. They're just that sending them back and open. Yeah. Yeah. You need to find different places to send them. Um, but she's read Holiday, The Light, Sentinel, which Joe admits were yeah. missteps. <laughs> but they're getting better. And she's like, I know, but the team interaction just isn't what it used to be. Oh, God, that's a good one. Um, it's so it's so good. Uh, Shailene doesn't hate the stories, just what the stories are doing to Joe. Fair. Um, and Joe is honest here where he's like I don't know if I can stop I'm broken now yeah I might have a little bit of an addiction yeah this is a problem um and he admits that he thinks everything is real and it's happening and he can just see them because of the stone mm-hmm. which is clear Charlie does not believe yeah and he goes but just here let me show you hold the stone and that's when he realizes he can't find the stone oh <gasps> And he starts this to... This is the saddest 
He starts to lose it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Charlene tried to throw away, and Joe ravages through the kitchen trash and then the trash on the curb. Uh Uh-huh. Um, it's not a great state, um, and eventually he finds it outside at night, picking through the trash, and he picks it up just in time to be hit by flashes from Meridian of mm. Daniel dying. Mm-hmm. And he breaks down in tears, sobbing on the street while the neighbor looks confused. Super weird flashes to Shawshank Redemption here, <laughs> just yeah. in a pile of poop, yeah. screaming at the rain. Yeah. Also, what is his neighbor doing? Well, he's just taking out the trash. Is he, though? I don't see any garbage cans. He, no, it's, he's taking out the bags. If there's no trash can. He's just taking out the bags to put on the corner. At some point. Yeah. Here, I still think the neighbor's creepy. Here's why. Well, he's there the next day, too. Or later. Well, yes. But even before we get to that, which only adds to my theory. Yeah. If you see your neighbor doing some weird shit like that, <laughs> what's your instinct? Because mine... Is to be like, ah, oh, fuck. Set the bags down, run inside. <laughs> it depends on the neighbor, I think. Run inside. I want to be no part of any of this. If I'm curious, yeah. I watch from, from my window, window like a good nosy neighbor. To be fair, I did that. I used to do that with my neighbor. At the same time, I was also having to call the police on the neighbor at the same yeah. time. So that Super was a not the whole same. different situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're just interested in watching someone spiral, which yeah. is fine. I'm not judging. Things happen. Yeah. Kaylee. Kaylee's judging. Kaylee's judging. We see them. Okay. Yeah. You done? If you're going to watch your creepy neighbors, do it from a distance. Don't stand there looking weird. This is true. Yeah, that's all. Okay. So sometime later at the shop, there is no business. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gordy is just sweeping nothing. Um, Yeah, poor kid. Calvin has a few more letters from magazine. Joseph says to toss them. There's also a letter from the Air Force. And apparently it's another letter telling him that his request to meet with Jack has been rejected again. Calvin says that if Joe is so real that this is so sure that this is real, don't just write letters. Like, call them. Make this a action plan. Mm-hmm. But Joe's like, I can't. Because <laughs> I'm going to disappear in a heartbeat yeah. like Armin Selig did and Aww. killed by the NID. Yeah. He was the reporter that met Jack in Secrets who That's was hit right. by a car that we never really knew who was driving what? that car. Yes. It was totes the NID. Uh-huh. We know things. Calvin is like, I'm going to go back to my route now and get out of this depressing barbershop. This is weird. Gotta go. Bye. So after shutting down the shop, I'm sure early again, mm-hmm. he gets a flash from Abyss with Daniel showing up to help Jack. Yeah. And he literally dances for joy down the road. Yeah. It's, it, it becomes a musical. It does. Yeah. <laughs> He's singing in the sun. Just singing in the sun. <laughs> Joe runs home to joyfully tell his wife that Daniel's alive, because certainly she'll care. Um, it takes a bit to find her in the house, though, because she is packing up her clothes. He, like, barely notices that she's packed all her clothes. Barely shit. notices. Yikes, She's dude. going to her mother's for a while. The kid, I'm assuming, is already there. Uh-huh. He's not in the car. Yeah. If he has any interest in saving their marriage, he will see someone who can help him. Outside, Yikes. she tearfully gets in the car and drives off as Joe's about to say that their problems are small compared to that of SG-1, but thankfully Aye, stops himself. Stop that. Yeah. And that neighbor is watching all this go down again. Again, now what is he doing out there? <laughs> He's just literally standing there. I think he was technically trying. I think he was raking leaves. In the middle of the night? Sure. In the dark? Uh-huh. 
he just grabbed whatever was closest to him so he could go stand It was outside. not in the middle of the dark. It was blatant sunlight. Oh, you're right. You're right. That was the other day. Yeah. But again, he's just standing there holding <laughs> a rake. He is. He's the worst liar. He's the worst to be nosy. He is the true villain in this episode. He is the worst person of this whole series. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Back in the shop, Joe is writing another letter to Jack, telling him how he knows everything, all the top secret stuff, mm-hmm. and Jordy stumbles in and just scares the shit out of him. Uh, he, him and Bert are going to head home early, and honestly, since it's been really slow around the shop, Gordy's actually also applied at the Piggly Wiggly. Oh my god, how dare you. <laughs> Betrayal! After he leaves, Joe looks at the paper and doesn't just toss it away, but tears into little tiny pieces. Hmm. And then we get um, this... This really oh, and he sees he sees Daniel fall, mm-hmm. like just naked Daniel at that point. Yeah, uh, and then we get the it's, think, it's a fun little way to make it that transition yeah. is what they were trying to do. But then we see what might be like the most depressing part of the entire episode. Yeah, because it's just Joe sitting in his underwear with the half-eaten oh, microwave tray hanging off his lap. It's awful with, with the TV on static with just the stone up to his head, getting oh. visions of fallen and Orpheus and evolution All and heroes. All the saddest parts. It, there's like stains. It's so it's so depressing. Yeah. It's like you might as well be playing like Sarah McLaughlin's Arms of the Angel. In the arms of an angel. With the puppies that were puppies. Cut to one. Our puppy is now sort of coming over to complain about our singing. Oh, she's going to join. She's going to. Cut to one year ago, and Charlene and Joe meet in a park. Joe promises to focus on rebuilding his career and family if he can have another chance. This is where she's wearing my favorite giant red flannel. Well, she was wearing this one and she left, too. Oh, that's right. But she's wearing a sweater vest underneath this one with a mock turtleneck. Uh Uh-huh. I do remember mock turtlenecks. Uh, But mind you, when I wore one, it was 1993. I'm also saying I'm not, I'm seriously not lying when I I think I owned this outfit. Like, you guys don't know the dork that I was. I love you so much for that. <laughs> like, I wore it in public as a teenager. As opposed to not public? Of course you did. I wore a lot of Disney stuff. Yeah. If that makes you feel better. No. The other thing I wore a lot of was the, um, and I don't know what they're called, but everyone knows exactly what they are, but they were, like, the shirts with the very large, like, naturalistic paintings of dolphins and wolves oh and shit. yeah like screen prints the screen prints and the, mine were all dolphins shocker wow yeah I'm i would impressed. wear those underneath my flannel over shirts that's so pr- kind of metal yeah and then i would uh, camp in the corner of the library all summer we're gonna have a party one year that's just themed uh-huh. with the screen print shirts and we're all gonna wear one. <laughs> I, I don't know if I still have one. I do still have my. I do still have. So I did. I danced uh-huh. for people who know, um, and and I did solos one year, and I got to pick my own costumes. Um, did you wear dolphins? No, I I wore an oversized flannel shirt around my waist. Yes, you did. And all the edges have rhinestones on them. Wow. And I still own that. It's upstairs right now. Fuck yes, you should I, wear I it all the time. I rhinestoned a flannel shirt, like a rhinestone flannel. Uh, yep. Yep, okay. I, uh, and I danced to a Miko song. Wowza. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed. Right. 
Uh, Where so the fuck were we? It was the meeting in the park. And oh, yes. And he just asked another chance. But to her, it was his obsession and addiction to the stone. Because uh-huh. it's, it's call a tree a tree. An addiction to the stone. You know, I'm, I'm actually really proud of her. Mm-hmm. She's like a real person. She is. She's actually very kind. She's like, I'm trying to be supportive. Yeah. It's really just, the problem isn't the actual stories. It's what they're doing to you. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and Joe owes her an explanation. So he brought proof with him. Oh, boy. That it was all real. And he shows her a photo of Jack from a newspaper and newspaper clippings of real-life stories that match with the timings of his visions as cover stories. And she just sees it as him using real people and events to anchor his stories. Yeah. She's been talking to several doctors, and they think without seeing him, so I'm assuming this was not actually what they thought, but more of her web MDing this shit, uh-huh. uh, that it might be manic psychosis of grandiose delusions. Yes, doctors do not diagnose a no. patient if the patient is not present. No, that's not a thing that they that's do. That's not how that you, So when you say you've talked to several doctors, you mean you web MD'd shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Joe looks up and has a vision of Lost City, of them fighting over an answer for Earth's survival. Although at this point, Jack wasn't the head of Stargate Command, so when he said Jack's the head of the SGC, um, he was not at this point. Interesting. Fun fact. Uh, and Charlene says goodbye and walks off as Joe panics about how clo- close Earth is to destruction. Earth. Earth. Um, his house has now been foreclosed by the bank. Mm-hmm. And being repossessed, they're repossessing all his furniture... And we have oh, what geez, is the yeah. greatest yeah, repo about. company name of all time. Uh-huh. Of all time. Yeah. The best. Yep. Brothers Grim Repo. Jesus, that's dark. That is the best. I want there to be a real fucking repo company with that name. We will start one. Because that's fucking amazing. That's not a sad job at all. We will start a repo company. And he gets in his taxi and drives away. <laughs> uh, and then this morning... I'm sorry, I'm distracted by how adorable my dog is playing with the silent squeaker toy right now. Yeah. And then she's looking at us. Don't look at her. So this morning, Joe pulled up outside Jack's house and pulls what we know, well, a gun. Yeah. From the glove compartment and heads in. We basically get back to where we started. Yes. And Jack's like, this clearly is not your forte. It's like, what gave it away? The wildly shaking hands? And since Jack knows... That Joe's gun isn't real, but Jack's is, and he pulls a gun out of his junk drawer? That feels right. How many guns exactly are stored in slightly unsafe manners around this house? So many. No children should ever be allowed in his house. (laughs) Nope. Yeah. Um, Oh, I will give, I will give uh, Jack credit. I'm pretty sure the gun, like, doesn't have any ammo in it. Well, I wonder if it just appears to be that simple. I wonder if he's got it, like, somehow in a secure, like, under storage It might be, but again, it's in his junk drawer. Yeah, like, I feel like he may have had it that way in the junk drawer, and then Sam was like, here, put it in this thing. Yeah, but it's still... You can still keep the thing in the junk drawer, but this keeps it safe. Yeah, I mean, I'll give him that. I will fully assume that that's it. Yeah. Um, But needless to say, Jack's gun is (laughs) real. Duct taped underneath. That's what I would assume. Mm. When in doubt, duct tape. Yeah. Um, 
and Joe immediately like gives up. It's just a toy. No, like, yeah, yeah. I, no. Just kidding. I'm not this at all. Jack's like, I'm not going to shoot you, um, but we're going. Many, many, many people will listen to any stories that you want to tell them. And then <laughs> Joe spills everything in rapid fire. Yeah. Like from his job at SG1 to details like the Argo sex pizza yeah. and the ancient <laughs> repository. And he loves the Simpsons and Mary Steenburgen and Peridot. And, and Jack does deny, though, at least that he is a terrible ping pong player. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love the details he chooses to use here. Uh-huh. It's like some of my favorite. Why we gotta bring up the sex pizza? Because it's very why we gotta? Jack. It's a very like s- tough subject. Well, it's just you it's know a bad look for Jack. You, if someone knows about the sex pizza, they know. Yeah, you know that they you know. wouldn't have told that story to anybody. Yeah. Fair. At the SGC infirmary. Uh, Joe sees it. Burns as gold. <laughs> I do love this part. Which is a Lost City reference. There's like no, there's no comment I have other no. than I just love this part. Uh, yeah. I love how cheesily they got into this uh-huh. and they just enjoyed the fuck out of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and Sam walks in. Uh, Joe's like, oh, I'll keep your feelings about someone secret. <laughs> uh, and it is an honor for Joe to meet Sam. She's confused. Yeah. He was super impressed by how Sam blew up that sun. <laughs> and as far as the whole thing with Pete goes, and he's silenced. He's what like, thing stop, with Pete? Stop, stop, stop. What thing with Pete? The things. What do you think is the thing with Pete? Whether she's leaving him. Okay. She's leaving Pete. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, she got Pete pregnant. <laughs> he's with child. <laughs> but his heart is now in a woman. <laughs> She's actually named Claire. <laughs> I'm sorry. Grace broke Dixie. He was shot on the job. <laughs> okay. Um, and and he used to be a hero by donating his heart. I need a hero. And and, okay. and Daniel walks in and he's like, you know, Jonas was cool and all. But Daniel belongs here in SG1. And Daniel's like, what is second week in a row your house is broken into? Can we not with the house? Lock the fucking doors. Jack was thinking dog. Uh, But Joe points out that you could, you know, lock your door. Lock your doors. And then the look Jack gives him. Yeah. I feel like it bums me out to say this, but I, I feel like it's appropriate that Daniel says alarm. Yeah. He's not a dog person. No, he's not. To be fair, I don't even know if he's a cat person. No, like, he's not an animals person. He, like, you're lucky he's able to keep Jonas's fish alive. And yeah. that's probably because Sam is feeding it. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it bumps me out a little, but yeah. he's not an animal he's person. He's not an animal person. It makes me love him a tiny bit less. Yeah. It's just, that's just who he is. I'm going to hope that it's from this really sane place where he's like, I know that I don't have the time, so I won't Yeah, that's in. what I'm saying. I'm not saying he doesn't like like dogs. Uh-huh. He just knows he can't have he one. He just doesn't. He's a little awkward with them. Yeah. He's yeah. He's definitely the friend who I'm like, you don't want to meet Drake and Stormy no. first. No. You don't want those to be the first dogs you meet. He can meet Kaylee. Yeah. She's going to be loud, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, If you want to meet my dogs, you have to sit. In a chair and to, let them come to you. Yeah, you have to pass the dog test, which is just basically take anything that could be removable off you. Uh huh. And then just you have to sit on the couch and, and then if you, brace yourself. And if you survive thirty seconds with those you'll two dogs, right. you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> 
I literally had earrings torn out of my ears yeah, by those dogs. Yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not entry gentle. level dogs. They're not gentle. Then they don't do it in anything mean. They just, they're just rough and tumble dudes. They're just, they, they play all day and they come in with scratches and nips <laughs> and things and they're perfectly fucking happy about it. Yep. Okay, that's it. And they will lick your leg for about an hour straight. Especially if you have bug bites. Oh, yes. Okay. So, in the briefing room, as soon as Teal comes in, Tilk like warrior greets him. Yes. Shall kick Nimrod. <laughs> nothing made me so much happier. And Tilk is like, what the actual fuck? Who is this dude? Who is this? I want to start greeting everyone that way. Shall kick Nimrod. Just full on intense uh-huh. badass asshole. Jack's like, Joe, it's a barber. And later, uh, <laughs> and later asks if Tilk used to be a little more gold. <laughs> forgot about that it's so good oh so i'm saying i mean i think they should dust him a little more often yeah yeah um he's like a like a dragon he's lost his poison a little what's the it's not bronzer it's a highlight highlight Mm -hmm. it's a little little bit of highlight shimmer Yeah, yeah yeah i like it uh drain on the cheekbones and so apparently joe has the ata gene and joe tells joe tells jack that if he ever Need someone to use the chair device in Antarctica. Yeah, I will do it for him. He is here. Joe is ready. So many people have... I have the heart of a woman. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, that's essentially the heart of a warrior right there. Yeah. Yeah. So many people have the ATA gene. So why Joe visions... (laughs) <laughs> Sam has no clue. Uh, uh-huh. And Daniel has figured out the quest, the stone question, though. Yeah. Um, and he thought it looked familiar. And there is a second one. It is a set. <laughs> the other um, from the planet with the quantum mirror. Flashback to hair drapes. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's the thing. Did they just reshoot this with a terrible wig? Yeah, they oh did. Oh, my God. It's the worst. It's not even good hair drapes. Yeah. It's... The worst. Super week. bad times. I love it. It's, I think, a I stuffed like animal that they a, took yeah, apart. Yeah, they just like a rodent. It's so There was bad. a weasel on set. It was such a bad... Stuffed weasel. Just, a taxidermid weasel. Listen, just put his do-rag on. Something, yeah. Just put his action do-rag yeah, on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that would have worked just fine. So Daniel is cataloging all the stuff they got from the Quantum Mirror planet. Jack is mindlessly picking up a stone and he drifts off for a bit. And Daniel thinks in current time that they are an ancient long-range communication device where mm. you can share a second connection. And, like, they just both had to activate them. Interesting. And the second one ended up in a garage sale since the guy who was selling the garage sale stuff said that his grandfather found it on a dig in Egypt. That makes sense. Story checks out. Yeah. And, and no, Jack did not just carry it around with him. <laughs> After he activated it, it was sitting on base a couple of floors above where Jack was writing his reports. Mm. Which is why they're so easy to write for Joe. Jack already did all just the hard stealing work. stealing Jack's homework. It is proof that Jack actually wrote out reports, though. There you go. Yeah. And pretty honest ones, too. Yeah. Uh, and Jack's like, all the stories are rejected. Oh. Poor yeah. And then Sam has a point, though. Um, <laughs> if the stones work the way that Daniel thinks they worked, wouldn't Jack then have seen Joe's life? Yep. Cut to flashes of Joe's life that Jack actually saw. 
<laughs> what did he think? Like that he just had this cool little story that he made up in yeah. his brain? Yeah. He knows that Joe has a good bowling game, though. <laughs> And Joe's like, wait a second, you asshole. You have been seeing flashes yeah. of a barber in Indiana. For no fucking for reason. For seven years. And you never said anything. He's like, yeah, I, I totally did. I love did. the part where he's like, yeah, I did. It's like, no, you fucking didn't. I, 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 sure, I did. No, no, no. That like, you didn't find that, like, weird... And no. Jack's like, no, it's actually, like, relaxing. <laughs> His boring life is relaxing. Yeah. I think that Jack really just thought he made it up. He's just daydreaming. He just made up a story of a barber yeah. named Joe. Does that... Now, here's the thing. Does that mean Jack has made up other people? I don't know. If this seems normal to him... <laughs> I don't know. How many people live in his head? It's like Herman's head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the last scene is Joe asking Charlene to come to the park again. Oh, yeah. Charlene's like, I hate to say this, um, but she wants, uh, finally, to get a divorce. And behind you, you see Jack and his blues getting out of a truck. Yeah. Um, and there's someone that Joe wants her to meet. It's Jack. He's very he's very polite. And uh-huh. he's like, I have a couple things to tell you. I really hate her weak-ass handshake. His weak-ass handshake. I do, like, the the one part we can hear about the story is Jack's like, it's all true. Yeah. Yeah. As we pan away. And everyone is happy! Yay! Yay! The end bite. This was fun. It's, like I said, it's a clip show, but it's, like, the greatest clip yeah, show. Yeah, it's a fun clip. It's not a top ten contender. Nope. It's not anything like that. But if you're gonna have to have a clip show this for whatever budgetary it. reasons you need... Double down. That's how you do it. Get all up in it. Yep. Go for cheese. Yeah. Act like you meant to do it. Exactly. I love that. They built it so beautifully into the story. It's just so much fun. It's great. Um, And thank you, Stargate, for reminding us that it's really just about fun. It is. 100%. (laughs) Heck yeah. What's next? Next is uh, Stargate Atlantis Before I Sleep. Um, which it, I actually really enjoy this episode. Interesting. Uh, we're getting into the end of season one, and there are some really cool episodes in the end of season one. Yeah, I'm Stargate ready. Atlantis. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Um, all right. We'll see you guys next week uh, with Atlantis. Until yes. then, find us on Twitter at Terra Podcast, uh, Facebook at There's No Place Like Terra, email us at There's No Place Like Terra at gmail.com. Rate us, like us, review us on Apple Podcasts. I forgot the thing about the Patreon. That's the thing you can find us on too. Patreon.com/slash. There's no place like Tara. Uh, and, and yeah, bye guys. Bye. bye.